Welcome to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. Our hope is that you are blessed and that your relationship with God continues to grow and flourish. The next voice that you'll hear will be that of Bishop Brown. Thank you for listening. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Uh, As I was sitting there, and y'all just kept going higher and higher and higher. I was like, Lord Jesus, knickknack, patty help a brother. But let's give praise and honor to this outstanding <laughs> praise ministry. To our bishop in his absence, to deacons, to ministers, to staff, and to each and every one of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, good morning. I promise not to be before you long. Uh, If you will stand and turn in your Bibles to Proverbs, the third chapter. Proverbs, the third chapter, verse number five. And the Bible reads, trust the Lord. Amen. You may have your seats. The Bible, which annually leads the bestseller list with more copies sold than any other book in publishing history, is the most inexhaustible revelatory book ever written. It was not written as a single book, but as a collection of written works by various authors in various languages over the course of several centuries, and each work contained within it adds to a cohesive core message and story. It's divided into two parts the Old Testament and the New Testament, and both combined have a total of 66 books. The word Bible literally means book, and it is often called the book of books. But the Bible is not any ordinary book, for many books can inform you, but only the Bible can transform you because it is the only book ever written where the author is not only in love with every reader, but is always present whenever any reader reads it. Understand the Bible was never designed to be just read. It is a narrative that is designed to change your life. The Bible has been called many things, the word, the scriptures, the holy scriptures, the inspired word of God, the good news, the holy Bible, or the holy book. Yet at its fundamental core, it describes the relationship, say relationship, between God and his people over a period of 4,000 years. 
And today I'd like to lift up just the first three words of a very familiar text. Trust the Lord. Proverbs 3 verse 5, which is the conclusion presented by a father, Solomon, the son of David and the king of Israel to his son. Y'all gonna have to help me with this one. Rehoboam from his wife, Nayama. Don't act like I'm the only word that have trouble pronouncing them names in the Bible. Come on. Regarding where he can find trustworthy direction. Not only when he inherits the throne of Israel, but for his life in general. And Proverbs 3, 5 derives from the picture painted by Solomon in Proverbs 1 and 2, where Solomon informs his son that trust in the Lord provides wisdom and understanding, instruction and insight knowledge and guidance that trust in the Lord will teach him how to govern and deal with others in righteousness, justice, and equity. It will teach him how to eject, reject the enticement of sinners, fools, and avoid a life of vanity, greed, foolish pleasures, and how to minimize stress in the midst of chaos and calamity. Solomon contrasts the benefits of the Lord's wisdom with the pitfalls of living a fool's life without it. Solomon, whom was regarded as the wisest and richest man of his time, understood what Bishop Brown told us that there was something planted in all of us by Satan during Adam and Eve's garden experience that makes us all think we know what's best for us and he is pleading with his son that when you don't understand what you don't fully understand because your understanding is limited due to the fact that you don't know what you don't know and you have to face the decisions constantly required by day-to-day -day living, trust the Lord not only to direct your path, but do not think yourself wise in your own eyes and allow your limited understanding of life to lean you away from the Lord. Yet with all this sound advice, at the fundamental core of this text is the idea of relationship. And what was good advice in 1000 BC is still applicable today. That is in order to navigate this life strategically and successfully with the least amount of bumps and bruises, the best place to be is in partnership or in a relationship with the Lord. 
And for the next few minutes, I'd like to speak on the topic, because y'all make me do that. <laughs> Trust the Lord. The first word of our text, trust. In the Hebrew, it means to be bold, confident, or sure. It means to put your full weight on. It's the picture of the relationship you had this morning with the chair you're sitting on. It's safe to say not one of you came in this morning and questioned the chair whether it had the ability to hold you before you sat down on it. You didn't test it. You didn't pick it up and look to see if the screws were there, the legs were loose. If it was wobbly, you just sat down. You got up for praise and worship, then you sat back down. You got up for the scripture reading, then you sat back down. And you didn't check to see if your getting up and down weakened the chair. Rather, you just trusted that the chair would do what the chair was designed to do. You trusted your relationship with the chair you're sitting on to support you through this service. Trust the Lord means to put your full weight on the relationship. But one of our challenges with trusting the Lord is we have a problem with trust because we've been hurt by relationships. Come on, talk to me. Say, I've been hurt. I've been hurt. I've been hurt. And everybody under the sound of my voice has trust issues because we've all been hurt at one time or another by someone we trusted. I promise to have and to hold in sickness and in health, forsaking all others till death do us part. Now you divorce. Talk to me, somebody. We've all at one point in time or another been thrown under the bus. We've been let down or disappointed by someone we trusted. When I was young, Big Mama told me, who loved me unconditionally, Ma can't trust you no farther than I can see you. Come on, talk to me. And truth be told, if we're brutally honest, we even can't completely trust ourselves to consistently do what's best for ourselves, even when we need it the most. And when you have trust issues with people, it makes it real difficult to trust the Lord for help. Let's be real, which causes us to languish in problems and situations longer than God ever intended us to. Because the devil will use your past acts and your present abilities to consume you with feelings of guilt and shame to try to get you to believe that you ain't worthy of putting your full weight on God and his love will not be returned 
with his only goal of keeping you in a cycle of doing things that even you know aren't good for you. See, our ability to trust has been hijacked. I read the other day, you can't trust the water no more. Food is contaminated. Politics is no longer about the will of the people. It's been hijacked by biased, bipartisan politicians and slanted news coverage. If your side loses, then you can't trust the results. You can't trust the police or the courts to be fair and dispense justice. You can't trust profit-driven doctors who only give you a prescription and not a cure or greedy insurance companies. Schools are seeking to totally eliminate black folk from the history of our country. And if your high schooler goes into the school library, there's a good chance he won't find the Bible no more on the shelves in the library. The church is being hijacked by preachers seeking popularity and political correctness versus preaching the often uncomfortable truth of sound doctrine. And if you're thinking it can't get any worse, well, we now have pastors who trust AI more than the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to write their sermons. The devil is alive. So, 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 so how do we fix this on a horizontal level? First, you have to accept we are all flawed individuals in need of a savior. Is there one perfect? No, not one. Not even you, boo. So go to the Lord and ask him to give you the power to forgive the person that wronged you. God has forgiven you when you wronged him, and he can help you forgive others if you let him. Second, you have to make up in your mind, I'm going to trust you until you give me a reason not to and stop punishing and penalizing everybody for what one somebody did to you. Bishop Blake of West Angeles said, many of us can't rise vertically because we won't level out horizontally. You're better than, higher than, smarter than, too good for, too critical of, too untrusting of the blessing sitting right next to you. Our personal hangups prevent us from getting the blessing that God has placed for us in other people. Look, every man is not a dog was. Every woman is not a gold digger. She was. Every relationship is not toxic and abusive. Just your last one was. Everybody you confide in won't gossip and tell your secrets. They did. Don't you give up on people. 
Accept the fact you made a bad choice and move on. Stop making this person pay for what another person did to you. They didn't do it. Also try this. Stop being in such a hurry to give away your trust. I said learn to forgive, not forget. Use what you learn to know how to lay in the cut a little longer and discipline yourself to observe more and use what you learned in the last experience to teach you how to proceed based on what you see and what you hear. Here's a little free advice. Someone says to you, yo, I'm gonna tell you something, but you can't tell nobody. Seriously, this has to stay between me and you, okay? Well, if what they tell you ain't about themselves, be cautious what you tell them, especially if what you tell them you want to keep a secret. See, a good rule of thumb is you can determine how much you can trust a person based on how much word they have. Little word, little trust. Lot of word, lot of trust. Well, preacher, what about vertical trust? How can I trust the Lord whom I can't see when I can't trust the people that I see every day? Well, just like you have to stop transferring the flaws and imperfections of one person onto another, you can't transfer the flaws of an imperfect humanity onto a pure and perfect God. Second, second, you got to understand who you talking about. When you see the before capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that name in the most basic of definition means the pre-existing one. It references not just any God, but a specific God. The one whom the Reverend Clarence James Sr. of the Macedonia Baptist Church in Chicago, Illinois, described as the one who before time began to begin was not elected God. He was not selected God. He was not appointed God. He never put together a resume and sent it off to any HR manager to see if they would hire him to be God. He never politicked or campaigned to put his nomination for God. He never put any ads on TV and tried to convince anybody to elect him as God. He cannot be censored. He cannot be impeached. He cannot be recalled. He cannot be removed from the sovereign position of God. But rather, he always was God, always is God, and will always stay 
God, and the time is fastly approaching when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. We like to say God can do all things but fail. Well, let me tell you some things that God cannot do. I said it. Some things that God cannot do. He cannot lie. He's the truth. The Bible says he was tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin. And if lying is a sin and we all agree that it is, then he can't do it. He can't lie. He don't cheat. He don't deceive. He don't break his promises. He keeps his word. He is the word. And when he was tempted by the devil, he responded, it is written. And if he said it, or if it was God breathed into the pen of one of the writers of scriptures, you can trust that he shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Why can you trust it? Because he has the power and the authority to make sure that what he says happens. Colossians 1.15 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Some versions say hold together. For it pleased the Father that in him should be all fullness dwell. And you, Verse 21, that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet hath he reconciled, say, restored the relationship. And if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled and be not moved, say, don't lean away. From the gospel which you have heard, you're going to be all right. Why should you trust the Lord? Well, after you've heard the reviews, like Clarence James, and you've consulted his resume, like Paul wrote in the book of Colossians, finally, you should check the results. Now, to encourage those that still have any doubt about why you can trust the Lord, for the rest of us, when I ring your doorbell... I want you to stand on your feet and give God some praise and help me close this little Sunday school message. Ding dong. He still restores. Ding dong. He still recovers. Ding dong. He still redeems. Ding dong. He still rescues. Ding dong. He still sets free. Ding dong, he still provides. Ding dong, he still forgives. Ding dong, he still anoints. Ding dong, he still dispenses grace. 
ding dong, he still gives mercy. Ding dong, he still sits high. Ding dong, and he still looks low. Ding dong, he still walks with me and talks with me and calls me his own. Ding dong, he still looks for the lost. Ding dong, he's still the God of another chance. Ding dong, he still answers prayer. Ding dong, and he still saves because he's still the King of kings and Lord of lords. And ding dong, last I checked, the blood still works. It reaches from the highest mountain to the lowest valley. And I don't know what you're going through, but you can still put all your weight on the Lord and you can cast your cares on him because he loves you, making him still worthy of all the glory and all the praise. Come on, let's bless his name. Y'all not praising him. Come on, let's bless his name. While I have you standing, if there's anybody who has never put their life into the hands of the Lord, they've never leaned away from what's going on and put all their weight on him. If that's you, I ask that you would come and see Minister Collier at the end of the service. He will be standing here at the front or if anybody here is looking for a church home, uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, Bishop Brown is a great pastor and you will find a very warm and loving atmosphere here. If that's you, also come to the front after service, and we will be glad to receive you. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's bless the Lord as we take our seats. So why did I go there? I think the reason that the Lord led me in this direction is over the next couple of months, Justin Baptist Church is about to embark on about the most challenging time we've ever had in the history of this ministry. It's gonna be a lot of changes. Time we go to church in the morning gonna change where we go to church in the morning gonna change. How we do church gonna change, amen. But we gotta trust the Lord. Come on here. And we gotta trust the Lord that's in the leadership that's taking us where we're going. How many can agree God's hand is on this ministry? And based on what he's done, there's no reason for us to not to continue trust him for where we going. 
Amen. So we can look at it as challenging or we can look at it as a great opportunity for God to expose us to something new and something different and something that he wants us to see and to understand, but it's only going to work if you trust him. Amen. Well, that's all I got. Let's stand and go home. Father God, we just thank you and bless you for another opportunity to always gather in your house and to praise your name. I thank you that through what you gave me that it will fall on hearts that are receptive and willing and desirous of trusting you more. Now bless us, bless our pastor in his absence and bless us as we continue going forth on this day. Be glorified, give us traveling grace and mercy and we'll be sure to give you the praise, the honor and the glory. It's in Jesus name, amen. Thank you for listening to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. We hope that you were blessed. If you would like to accept Christ, join our church, help continue the work we are doing in our ministries, watch live on Sundays, find us on social media, or give online, you can visit the link in the episode description. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.